dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Use it for your service, for a holy purpose. We dedicate this temple to you, Lord. We dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Use it for your service. Let's all stand together and sing us from our hearts today. We Hallelujah, Jesus. Temple Praise you, Lord. God. Praise you, God. We dedicate this temple to you, Lord. We dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Use it for your service, for a holy purpose. We dedicate this temple to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank God for another opportunity to be in His house today. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your great name. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated at... I'm, I'm going to do something. I'm going to step way out on a limb this morning. And uh, I wasn't planning on doing this. This is not planned. This is not discussed. But I want my wife to come up and uh, say something this morning. I want my wife to come up and say something this morning. Well, uh, well, I do. Th- I'm so thankful for my dad. He is a wonderful man. I could not have asked for any better dad in the world than that man sitting right there. He taught me the truth, and he brought me to church. I mean, what what more could I ask? Not only that, but I can remember so many times. Oh my goodness, I have so many good memories of when I was young. And now I have so many good memories now that I'm older. Every morning at 7 o'clock, he comes and drinks coffee. (laughs) I cherish those moments. I cherish his advice, his uh, just everything about him. He's a wonderful dad. As y'all know, he was a wonderful pastor for 42 years. And I do thank him for it. And this is a, I hope he has a wonderful Father's Day today and hope it's the best ever. I do, uh, I do love my husband. I thank him also for being such a wonderful husband and a father to our children. And uh, our kids, it's kind of funny. Um, they was talking about, and I guess this is true because when I married my husband, I thought of qualities that he had like my dad. And so I guess that's true. When you love someone so much, you want them to be like that. And so I was uh, 
they were talking one day about about their dad, and they were saying like, well, I don't know who if we're ever going to get married because how do we find anyone like our dad? They said he does everything for us. When we go fishing, he takes the fish off the hook. I mean, they were naming everything, and I thought, wow, that's such a great thing to be able to say, you know, that they look up to their dad that much, and I do love my husband, and I am so thankful for my son-in-law who gave us our grandson, so I wish him a very happy Father's Day as well today, and all to all the fathers here, happy Father's Day. I told my Sunday school class, I said, you better have got your daddy something if you didn't go to the store and get him something quick, so I hope all of you have a very happy Father's Day. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Along with everyone else, I wish every father in here a very happy Father's Day. And uh, to all of our guests that are here today, I want to let you know how much we're so thankful and glad uh, that you've come to be with us. And we realize there's a lot of places that you could be today. And uh, we're glad that you chose to be with us in First Pentecostal Church. Why don't the church let the guests know how glad we are that they're here? <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. I want to uh, make some uh, announcements and uh, comments on some things before we get into the Word of the Lord. And uh, one is, I, I uh, thank you for your prayers while we were gone this uh, week and uh, preaching a camp. Thank you so much for all of your prayers and concern. Thank God for a great time in the Lord and bringing us back uh, home safe last night. And uh, appreciate Brother uh, Trey Gore filling in for us Wednesday night. And uh, then I need to tell you that I'll be gone again uh, Sunday. I leave uh, Saturday morning going to Honduras and uh, be gone there for a few days so I'll be missing Sunday and Wednesday and be back the following Saturday so I ask the Lord to keep his hand over us give us a great time we while we are there and um, I thought this was going to be kind of a light trip and in talking uh, to the ones that's uh, in charge of it I thought I was going more on a vacation but it's turned out that it's not a vacation at all uh, by the schedule that they have and what they have us doing. So uh, pray that the Lord will bless us there, that we could be a blessing and uh, in our teaching and preaching and uh, being a witness of this great gospel of Jesus Christ and so that the Lord would keep us safe and bring us home safe. Don't the concrete look good out there? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. You can, you can now if you stay from about this corner over here, you can walk around, not trip over cracks and, and uh, humps and, and ravines and all of that stuff that we had in the asphalt that was here. Thank Brother Jerry and his crew for getting that and uh, working on that for us. Lord bless you. And uh, the landscaping is doing so good, looking so good around here. I come in last night and with some young men out there. Working, I think they worked about 12 o'clock on this island out here getting the crepe myrtles and things planted. Don't that look good out there? And so thankful for everybody working so hard. And uh, I know especially Brother Jerry and his crew has had a time. He told me the other day, he said, when I get through with this, I'm going on vacation and I don't know when I'm coming back. 
And uh, so I said, well, you can do it. Just make sure you get through before you go on vacation. But uh, we're thankful for the work that they're doing. And uh, it has been such a blessing to us. And uh, looking forward to getting it done and, and uh, getting some stripes on it where people will know where to park. And I, I tell you, it's the same identical setup as it was before we tore it out and put it back in. You've been parking that way for years. Just keep parking the same way. And it'll work. But I see cars parked this way and back this way. <laughs> Lord have mercy. We, lo- we lose our direction quick. That's the reason why we need to come to church. Amen. Again, it is good to see Brother Griffin able to be in church today. Miss him being in the house of the Lord. And uh, we want to pray for those who are unable to be here today. We want to pray especially for Sister Shirley Stevens. Ask the Lord to touch her. Sister Bergeron needs a touch from the Lord. Ask the Lord to touch her. Give her a miracle in her body. And uh, I, again, to all of you that are visiting today, because of Father's Day, that's a great, great reason to be in the house of God. But you don't just need that reason to be in the house of God. It's good to be in God's house all the time and dwell in the house of the Lord. I'm glad to have... Uh, Caitlin and Dwayne here today, and uh, Dwayne used to, when he was a little guy, he thought I was God, or some former God, and he says he still likes me, but he don't like me that much, because if he did, he'd come hear me preach all the time, and not just on special occasions, but I'm glad that they're in the house of the Lord today. I I want to say how much I am thankful uh, for my father-in-law and uh, his influence in my life, and um, I, along with my wife, uh, we do enjoy those mornings of sitting down and drinking coffee together and solving the world's problems, and uh, we just leave our problems alone and we talk about the world's problems. We got them under control. Um, all except he don't, he don't take heed when we get in about 2 o'clock in the morning, and he still thinks we ought to be up at 7 o'clock. <laughs> we kind of we, we we got used to that, and now we have a note that we stick on the door. We're sleeping late today. Uh, please come back later for coffee. Uh, but we, uh, I do love him very much. And, um, of course, you know my dad has been gone since uh, 1999. And um, Brother Duplissy has been uh, more like a father to me than a, than a father-in-law. And I'm thankful for our relationship uh, that we have. And I'm thankful for his uh, faithfulness to me and his, um, his uh, confidence in me. And I realized today if it was not for him and for his confidence that he had in me that I would not be standing before you today. And so I'm grateful for that. And I will forever be grateful for that. And um, I, I am uh, grateful to be and have the opportunity to be your pastor today. And I count that a great honor and uh, a great privilege. As, as time passes by, the church is always, now I am, I am aware of the time, so this is part of what I've got to say to you today. So uh, you can go ahead and let my time start now if you want to. I have preached many, many times since Wednesday, and so I'm about preached out anyway, so I won't be a long time this morning. 
but there there is there is uh, uh, in the time that we live in there's there's something I guess that's going on that really hasn't uh, been a big deal in the past, but that is uh, pastors getting older and turning successful churches and successful men retiring and turning them over to the next generation to take the church on from that point. And uh, it's so sad to say that many of those situations end in tragedy and uh, by just a conflict of uh, uh, different people and different wills and different things, not, not to take sides and say who is right and who is wrong, but there's so many conflicts. And, and I've, had, I've had many preachers over the past uh, years, even before I, uh, I became pastor and Brother Duplessis retired, uh, you know that I assisted here for, for uh, I think it was 13 years. And um, so they call me asking me questions. And I've had different people in my position asking me questions. How how do you make how how does this work? How do you have such a a uh, an outstanding situation there in Sealsby with you and Brother Duplessy able to work together and and uh, able to get along? I said, well, it started out first by this that I love Brother Duplessy, and Brother Duplessy loves me, and uh, that that makes everything work a little bit. Uh, better. That's the way it works in a husband and wife relationship. It has to start out by loving one another. And uh, so it's not just something that happened overnight, but it is a relationship that we have developed. And um, I know, I know that, that I don't always do everything according to what he would like it to be done. And I'm sure he sees me making mistakes and, and uh, doing foolish things sometimes. And uh, would like to say something or would like to correct, but he always is very kind. And uh, the advice that he gives to me is normally, he don't really offer me a lot of advice unless I ask for it. But it's always courteous. He's always uh, a gentleman in doing that. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. Uh, I, you don't hear a lot of people saying this all the time, but I am so thankful for my father-in-law. And I love him very much and the dad that he has been to me. I do appreciate that. As being a father today, I'm thankful for my wife and uh, God's blessings. And he smiled on me and uh, when he uh, allowed me to meet my wife. And he really smiled on me the day that he allowed me to marry her. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our children I'm thankful for my four girls and their love and their commitment to God. And uh, I tell you what, with them loving God and serving God, it allows me to have a lot more time to spend in this church without worrying about my own family and uh, where they're at and what they're doing. And I'm thankful uh, they're at the age where they can, most of them can determine what direction they want to go in life and uh, what they want to do. And I'm thankful that they have chosen to serve God and their commitment and the way that they work in the house of God. I am so thankful for my children. I told you before the greatest compliment that I believe I've ever had is when my girls decided uh, that they would like to marry a man like their daddy. And uh, that is a great compliment. I do not take that lightly. 
And um, I think when they said that, my wife had to get up off of the floor. <laughs> she, I think maybe she told them in private, there's some things about your daddy you might not want in your man. But <clears throat> I am thankful for my family. And um, I'm even thankful for a good son-in-law. Sister Beverly and, and Mr. Johnny done a good job raising Nathaniel. And uh, I, I told him when he got married, I said, Son, you sure you want to marry that girl? He said, Yes, sir. I said, Do you love her? Yes, sir. I said, I want to tell you, buddy. You need, I'm going to tell you a few things now. And you, you remember this. And you're, I'm sure he's remembered that in the last few years of his life. But I'm thankful for that. And man, 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 life got better back a few months ago. God blessed us with a grandbaby, and not only a grandbaby, but a grandbaby boy. Woo, I told him, I, I told him, I said, y'all can enjoy him now, but when he gets about four or five years old, he's mine. And yet, I tell him, I tell him when he comes over to the house, I said, son, I said, I know you love me. And I know you're crazy about me. You can't say it now, but I can see it in your eyes. But it's going to work better for us if you just go home every once in a while and act like you really love your daddy. So <clears throat> I am thankful for guy. I am so blessed. And I want to tell you, I am blessed because God, first of all, allowed me to know this glorious truth. Allowed me to come to his house. Filled me with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. I would be nothing. What little bit that I have accomplished, would I would be nothing without God. And I am so thankful for God's blessings. And I'm thankful for this great church today. Amen. I know I go off and preach, and it seems like the last three or four years I've been gone a lot, especially through the summer. And uh, I want to tell you this. I'm always glad to come back home and preach to the best church in the entire world. Thank you, First Pentecostal Church of Silsby. Amen. Let's look in our Bibles. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter number 5 and verses number 22. This is, this is a great scripture to read for Father's Day. And um, it's a great scripture. Wives love this so much. If they would ever get the real meaning of this, they would really love this scripture even more. Uh, than they do just glancing over it. Ephesians chapter number 5, verses number 22 and 25. I, I want to commend to all of you men today. You've done better than what I've been giving you credit for in the past. I said on Mother's Day, uh, we just have a packed house always on Mother's Day. Mothers do such a good job of getting uh, people to the house of God. And uh, I said, on Father's Day, it looks like a ghost town because the daddies all take them out on the lake or fishing or somewhere and uh, camping or something. But, man, y'all done a good job today. Good crowd in the house of God. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 22. It says, wives, oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, as he is the Savior of the body. 
Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Can I get a witness? That was a deeper amen. Um, But husbands now, now wives, this is where you can amen. Are you ready to say amen now? Now this is the fulfillment of this scripture. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Let me give you some English interpretation to the King James Version right there. This is commentary. This I, I read this in a commentary, Homer's commentary. And it says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. When a man goes to academy, thus he buys a fishing rod. Let him also go to Dillard's and buy a gift card at the women's Dillard's that he that loveth his wife loveth himself. All right. Now, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh. No man's going to get there and beat himself up. No man's going to talk to himself bad. No man's going to curse his own self. No man would ever, ever, ever raise his hand to hit him on self, but nourish and cherish it, even as the Lord, the church. Lord bless you for standing. You can be seated. The Bible gives us great instructions as a man. Of how that we should treat one another. He gives us great instructions on how that we should raise a family. He gives us great instructions of how we should love each other. I believe that if this world that we live in, if we would use this Bible to guide and direct our relationships, there would not be divorce in America. Amen. Because the Bible gives us great advice. Now, a lot of people would look at this and say, oh man, that's, that's crazy. That's, that's foolish when the Bible talks about a wife submitting herself unto her own husband. But when you continue to go on, you find out that, that when you find the love that is there, it's a lot easier to submit. What I want to talk to you about today is the necessity of a father. The necessity of a father. I would, I would share parts of this story the other day. Some of us men and boys were sitting together and we were talking about this, discussing it. And uh, this was a story that was shared by Jerry Clower uh, in detail, but I'll hit some of the high points of the story that he was somewhere doing an interview uh, in New York City and uh, only told as, as I know most of you have probably heard Jerry Clower and uh, his southern accent and the way that he could tell a story. And uh, he was there 
waiting in a holding area, waiting to go, I guess, on television or something to um, do this interview. And the way that he put it was that he met the she-coon of women livers. Now, you can put your interpretation to that. And uh, said he was sitting there and and uh, said this woman just for no reason just jumped on him about uh, all of his uh, southern way of thinking. And so he began, uh, you know, he took it as long as he could, I guess, before he retaliated. And he said, look. He said, my wife, Mama, Mama, as he would call her, said uh, she lives in a house and tells about how big and how nice the house is and said that that uh, she sleeps in a king-size bed and said she has a, a maid there that she can eat breakfast laying down, setting up, or standing up any time that she wants to. If she wants to cook it, she can cook it. If she don't want to cook it, she can have it brought to her. Said that when she gets up, when she decides to get up, get up and uh, she wants to go to town, said she can get in her brand new Lincoln Continental and she can drive it if she would like or someone would be glad to drive for her. And when she gets to town, she has credit cards and money to spend at her will to buy whatever she wants to buy. So when he gets to the story, he said, I don't know about you, Miss Woman Liber, said, but Mama don't want you messing with the deal that she's got. Amen. So I am a firm believer that when a man is doing his part according to the will and the plan of God, amen, what the Word of God says you're not going to have a woman that's all the time complaining about uh, her position in the household and in the family because God's Word is true and God's Word is right. It does not only tell us and instruct us to be the first partaker and the leader and the guide, but it also tells us to be the overseer and the one that would protect and the one that would provide. I look in society today and I look at, you know, we are all, we are all a product of someone else and we are the product of people that has had influence in our life. People that we have been around. And I, I say this, I can remember, um, when, when I, when I moved here and I had, uh, been with Brother Duplessy quite some time. And when I would go back and I would, uh, be with my daddy or I would, I would preach there in the church at Stuttgart, I would frustrate my daddy because he would, he would, uh, say that, that while I was preaching, he'd, he'd holler, he'd be sitting behind me and it was kind of disturbing. And, uh, he would say, stop acting like Duplessy and preach. And, uh, he said, my Lord said, you've been there, said, you, you're, you're talking like him and you're acting like him. And I, you know, we're just a product of what we are around. I, I, I know that I talk slow and I've got a southern accent, but even now when I go back, uh, to Arkansas, those people talk different than I do. And that's where I came from. It's not that I wanted to change or I meant to change, but we could become a product of what we are around. 
And that is good, but it is also so sad in the society that we live in today. That the reason why it is good is because there is good things that we surround ourselves. The reason why it is sad is because there is really no good pattern to go by today. We have a society that has been run and directed by the influence of media and the influence of Hollywood and the influence of these uh, so-called what they would call sports stars. I call them um, something other than a star. They're not a star to me. Uh, but but they're, they're, they're are being influenced, and that is what is uh, the main direction for our society. We were... We were discussing this this morning, my brother and myself, and I said, you know, what we are living by today and uh, what we are dealing with, even my generation, we are coming up from parents that are, are I guess it wouldn't be my generation, it would be the generation under me that is coming up with parents of the hippie movement and and uh, parents of those of the free love movement and and now i wonder what society will look like in another 20 years when we are the 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 generation coming on is the product of absent fathers there is a necessity i read uh uh, in an article, it says there is a crisis in America, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. There are 24 million children in America. One out of three live without their biological father in the home. One out of every three children, which uh, amounts to 24 million children. Consequently... There is a father factor in nearly all of, uh, of America today. Research, research shows when a child is raised in a father absent home, he or she is affected in many of the following ways. Some of those ways are very tragic ways. Poverty. They are affected by poverty. When they do not have a father in the home, they are four times a greater risk of poverty. They are more likely to have behavioral problems. They are two times a greater risk for infant mortality. More likely to go to prison. More likely to commit a terrible crime. Seven times more likely to be pregnant as a teen, more likely to face abuse and neglect. Let me tell you, if you're thinking about divorce, don't do it. If you're thinking the grass is greener on some, on some other, other's pasture, stop thinking that way. Nobody is going to treat your children as good as their father. In all of their shortcomings, in all of their failures, still, you're not going to find somebody else that's going to love them more, more likely to face abuse and neglect. More often than not, that is by the one that you have brought into your home. 
more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. Two times more likely to suffer obesity. Two times more likely to drop out of high school. So there is effects that we are dealing with in this society by the absence of fathers. One reason why I think there is such an absence of fathers is because society has dumbed down the necessity of a father. They have taken the ability, the God-given ability and the God-given direction away from the man and said two women can do the same thing that two men or a man and a woman can do. Two men can do the same thing that a woman and a man can do in raising a family. That is something that society has concocted and brought into existence. From the very beginning of time, it was never permitted or never in the will or the plan of God. From Genesis to Revelation, you can find that it is a sin and an abomination in the sight of God. That God has always said marriage is between a man and a woman. And let me tell you, it says one man and one woman. The number of children that grew up in, 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 um, let me see, I, I, I don't know that I, uh, incarcerated. The number of children that have been incarcerated, this is from 1991 until 2007. Out of all those who have been incarcerated, 79% of those grew up without a father. Higher quality. A daughter, there needs to be a higher quality for father and daughter relationship. Amen. That, 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 that stops and that will, I, you know, people, young people make foolish mistakes no matter how good Appearance you are, but these are things that will, that will help them and give them direction. Being raised by a single mother raises the risk of teen pregnancies. Marrying with less, them marrying with less than a high school degree are forming a marriage where both parents are less, have less education than a high school education. So there is, there is a necessity. Listen to me, men. I don't care what society does. I don't care what the, the, the liberal movement would try to promote. You have a God-given responsibility. You as a man, you need to step up. You need to bow your chest out. You need to flex your muscles and say, I will step up and I will take on the responsibility that God has given me. God never called you to father children. He called you to be a father to children. 
God never called you to see how much you could spread your seed across the country. But God called you to raise a family in the fear in the house of God and give them hope to the next generation to accomplish and to be what God has called them to be. Amen. My hat goes off to the men of this church who have stepped up to their responsibility. The responsibility is not the teachers, and we have some good teachers in this place today, but it's not their responsibility uh, to raise your children. It's not the responsibility of the school to raise your children. It's not always the responsibility of your wife to always raise your children. But God has given you the responsibility. You are the head. You are where the buck stops here. It's your responsibility. Embrace your responsibility. Realize that God has placed this upon my shoulders. I have never one time felt that my children were a burden to me. But since the first one took their very first breath of life, I have felt like that it has been a blessing from God. That God has placed them in my hands to protect to help, to instruct, to guide, to show them how to live for God, to show them how to be faithful to God, to show them how to work, to show them how to live, to show them how to treat one another. That is what God has called us to do. Amen. Daddies sometimes get the blunt end of the stick. Daddies sometimes get a lot of ridicule and no praise. But I want to tell you today, every man and every young man that is growing up, you are important to the kingdom of God. You are important to this country. You are important to this church on how you conduct yourself and how You raise your children. The worst thing that you could ever do is teach your child how to smoke a cigarette. The worst thing that you could ever do is teach your child how to drink a beer. The worst thing, oh, I'm teaching him how to be a man. No, you're not teaching him how to be a man. A man can stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take something or drink something that's going to mess up my mind where I would get in a car and go down the road and kill somebody. Amen. That I would go, that I would mess up my mind and I would harm someone out of, out of a drunken stupor or an intoxicated stupor of mine and, and, and bring harm to someone else's family or to my own family and get in a fight with my wife. The worst thing that you could do to your family and to your young boys, young men, is to strike out and harm your wife. She shouldn't ever got up in my face. I agree with that. But it never gives you the right as being the stronger, the greater, the bigger, the more powerful one to hurt someone 
that is weaker than you. Now, that might not be your kind of preaching, but that's still good preaching. Amen. So, there is, there is a necessity. There is a necessity of fathers in the world today. I want to be the man that God has called me to be. Everybody thinks uh, a man of God, and they, they assume that's a preacher. No, that's not just a preacher. Every man in this place today could be a man of God and a man after God's own heart. A man that would sacrifice his time for his family. A man that would sacrifice his wages. This is my money. No, it's our money. This is my time. No, it's our time. You'll have time after you retire to go off by yourself. My daddy always taught me this. He said, buddy, he said, if all them men would carry them snotty-nosed kids around with them, they wouldn't have to worry about having an affair. Too many, too many daddies are going around trying to look and be sharp and be something that they're not. And they need to have their children. You wonder, what happened to my son? How did he turn out like that? I want to tell you, daddies, if you don't take some time with them, the drug dealer will. If you don't stop and slow down and realize, hey, you can work, work, I'm making a living, I'm making a living, I'm making a living. I got to have more where they can have more. And really all their wanting and all their desire, they're not really concerned about the new truck. They're not really concerned about how many square feet the house has in it. They're not really concerned about how high you climb up on the corporate ladder. But what they're really desiring and what they're really wanting is time with you. That's what makes the difference. My daddy bought and my daddy provided and my daddy done a lot of things with me and for me. But you know, today, Mother's Day and Father's Day is always a day that I reflect. And Man, I don't know what it is about it, but on Mother's Day and Father's Day, we listen to the same radio station every Sunday morning getting ready for church. Man, they play those tear-jerker songs. just gets me in a good old crying mood. And, um, man, they play those songs. And I got to thinking of all the things my daddy did for me. And I can't even reflect on all of them. But, you know, I, I, I haven't thought of that Till right now, but I can I can remember things that my daddy bought for me. But you know, when when my mind first clicked to things that my daddy did, it was not it was not the motorcycles that he bought me. It wasn't back then. It was three three wheelers. It wasn't the three wheelers that he bought me. It wasn't the cars or the trucks that he bought me. But it was where me and him was together. And I can remember he would go to Colorado hunting every year. And uh, there you had to be 14 to be able to have a hunting license and hunt really by yourself. So I went from the time I was, I guess I was old enough to walk until I got married. And uh, what, what my mind reflected on 
the most. I can remember just this, this image just come to my mind just out of nowhere. I hadn't even been thinking about this. But, but I, I can remember the whole setting and the place. I can, I can remember there was a place that, that he would go uh, on the mountain. And there was a big old rock that he would sit on that big old rock. And I can remember I, I was too little to hunt by myself and, and too scared to hunt by myself and too little probably to even shoot a gun. But I can remember walking behind him and... Uh, he would be making footprints, and he would let me carry his gun. And man, that gun was so heavy. It was a Browning Grade two automatic 7-millimeter uh, Magnum. And uh, I would carry that gun, man, and I was lugging that gun, and I guess the butt of it was about to drag the ground. And I can remember he would always turn around, and he would tell me, Pick up your feet. You're dragging your feet. And then he'd turn around, son, you sound like a herd of elephants going through the, the jungle. Pick up your feet. And so I can remember walking behind him and trying to put my feet in the places that he had put his feet where it's already padded down. And I was walking and I was thinking, hey, that ain't me making the noise. That's you making the noise. Now, key word, I was thinking that. It wasn't brave enough to come out, but I was thinking that. And he'd, he'd, I know he would step on the stick and he'd turn around. Quit breaking those twigs. We're trying to slip through the woods. And I can remember out of everything that he'd done, you know why? Because that was times that he would have had a better time without me. He would have been quieter without me. He might have killed more animals without me. He might have enjoyed the peaceful time without me saying, Okay, Daddy, when are we going to go? When are we going to go home? Ain't it time, man? It's getting dark out here. Don't you think we ought to go back to camp? Daddy, 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 daddy. Hey, daddy, daddy. Be quiet. Be quiet. We're hunting. I know it would have been much more enjoyable. Now that I have kids, I know what it is to be asked 150,000 questions in 60 seconds. And, and you know, it don't matter what answer. They ask you something else. And finally, just quit, quit answering. They're going to ask you another question, so don't even worry about answering it. And I, could, I, I think about that, but it was that time that we spent together that when he didn't have to, when it would have been more enjoyable. So when your children get old, daddies, and they're older, and you're gone off of the scene, today I find myself, I don't know what to do. There's situations that come up in my life, I say, God, I'm not qualified for this. There's dealing with problems that I have to admit, you know, I know you look at me as pastor and I have all the answers. I don't have the answers. I know who is the answer. And there's times I say, God, I, I don't know what to do. What do I do? And I'm in the prayer room and I find myself looking for those old footsteps that's been patted down. And I try, I try to step in those footsteps and say, okay, what decision would they make here? What, 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 what would be the right thing to do? I want to put my feet in the right place. I want to, I want to know that my foot is sure upon the Word of God. I want to make sure I'm making the right decision. So I'm telling you, Daddy, that when you get older and when your son gets older and when your daughter gets older, there is a necessity of a daddy that has put his feet in a sure place and put his foot in the 
right place because there's feet coming behind you. There's one coming on behind you that's going to try to put his foot in the same footsteps to make sure that when you were in trouble, you didn't run to the bar. Make sure that when things wasn't going right, you didn't look for another relationship. Make sure when things wasn't going your way, you didn't run to the peel box, but you run to the house of God. So when they're in trouble, they just follow the footsteps back to the house of the Lord. There's a necessity for fathers. Strong fathers create strong churches. And I'm getting ready to close today if they come to the music. I promised you I wouldn't be too long and I hope that I haven't been too long for you today. But I think about the relationship that Noah and his sons must have had. Now, the Bible don't give us an indication and go into details about Noah and his family, a lot of their family history, things that they did together other than they built a boat together. But you see, the, the, the thing that stands out to me in Noah's life was Noah heard from God. God spoke to Noah. God did not speak to Ham. He not, did not speak to the other two boys. He did not speak to their wives. He did not speak to Noah's wife. But God spoke to Noah. Noah went back and he gave his, his family the words that God had spoken to him. It's going to rain. God's going to destroy the earth. We have got to build a boat for the saving of ourselves, the saving of mankind. Never one time do we find... Now, I know that we read a lot into the story and we preach a lot into the story, just our imaginations. But do you realize the influence... The influence, these young men were grown. They had wives. They were getting ready to go out on their own. But the influence that Noah had in their life, that they said, okay, Daddy, not by by what we have heard, not by God speaking to us, but we know who you are, and we know what kind of man you are, and we know what kind of dedication that you have with God. We know your relationship with God. So if you tell us to build a boat, we're going to build a boat. If you tell us it's going to rain, we believe it's going to rain. If you tell us this is what we need to do, it's what we need to do. You say, oh, that was in the Bible days. People are different today. No, people are pretty much the same as they were then. They're doing the same old things as they were then. And I want to tell you, Daddy, you can have that kind of influence in your family. You've allowed the devil to lie to you. You've allowed the devil to tell you that it cannot happen. That it will not happen in this day, in this hour. But I want to tell you today, we need to get back to the basics. 
I wish every man in this place today would go back to the basics and let's just start all over and have that kind of influence and that kind of dedication and consecration to our God. That when we come in and say, hey, God spoke to me. Hey, this is the way that you ought to walk. This is the way you ought to go to church. This is the way that you ought to worship. What kind of pattern are you leaving? What kind of influence are you leaving behind for your children to follow? Noah, he didn't save the world, but he did save the world. He didn't save a multitude, but He did save a multitude. At that time, when the flood came, we would say Noah didn't have a great revival. But looking back, look at the revival that Noah had. Because Noah had a revival enough in his spirit that he was able to save his family. All of us are here today only because Noah was able to save his sons and his daughter-in-laws and his wife. See, God never measures success by the way that men measure success. But God looks at the big picture. Nobody's following you, Noah. Nobody cares what you say, Noah. Nobody's listening to your preaching, Noah. Nobody's concerned about what you're doing, Noah. Oh, yes, there is. I still got a family. Greater than the neighbor's kids is your kids. Greater than the ones down the street. It's the ones that live in your house. Don't let us as parents ever get too influenced with the things that is going around us till we, we neglect who's living in the house with us, who's staying in our home until we wake up one day. Noah wanted to save the world. But he was able to save his family. And by saving his family, he saved the world. Let me tell you today, if you're in this place and you don't know God in the power of the Holy Ghost, and you don't even know what the Holy Ghost is, and you don't even know if the Holy Ghost is real, let me tell you the greatest gift that you could give your children on Father's Day, on any day, is you to get full of the Spirit of God and say, God, I want to be a man of God. I want to be a woman of God. I want to follow you. I want to be what you would have me to be. I want to dedicate and consecrate my life, my soul to God. And in saving your family, there is no, there is no way to even know how much that you will accomplish in life of reaching people that is lost. Let's all stand right now. Don't self-destruct, young man. Don't self-destruct, young lady. Don't throw in the towel 
and quit and say it's not worth fighting for anymore. But let me tell you, your babies is worth fighting for. Them teenagers is worth fighting for. They're worth doing whatever it takes to get them to the house of God. The greatest gift, the greatest gift is to be a real father. To be a real father. Let's all lift our hands and let's pray right now. God, we love you today. God, we worship you today. God, we magnify you today. I'm so thankful, God, for the influence that has been in my life. My parents that you have given me, God. I'm thankful, Lord, for the positive influence of those that I have been around. I'm thankful for the footsteps that was placed before me that I can follow in. Hallelujah. I give you praise today. I give you glory today. I give you honor today, God. I lift you up today, Savior. I wonder right now as they sing something unto the Lord. I wonder if any man, I want just the men to come right now. I tell you what I want you to do. Hold up. I I want the men, I want the men to grab your wife by the hand. And I want you to make your way to this front and say, God, I want to be the man that you have called me to be. I want to do what you have called me to be. I want to do what you have called me to do. I want to be the daddy that I should be. There is a necessity. I'm making a call and I'm making a plea to fathers today. We need you. God needs you. The church needs you to be the father that God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. Why don't you bring your wife by the hand right now? You're the leader. You're the first partaker. You're the guide. You're the overseer. You're the protector. It's your responsibility to lead in prayer, to lead in faithfulness, to lead in dedication and consecration to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I will be what oh, you call God. me to be. I'll be what you've called me to be, God. I'll say yes. I'll say yes to you. I'll say Lord, yes to you. I'll say yes to you, God. I'll say yes to you, God. Hallelujah. You're our help, Lord. You're our help, God. You're our help, God. What you've called me to be, Lord. In Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Holy Ghost power, God. Right now, Lord, we see the need today, God. Holy Ghost touch right now. That's what What you would call us to be, what you would call us to do, God. In Jesus' name, I say yes to you, Lord. I say yes to you, Lord. I say yes to you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I agree. In the name of Jesus, you're our help, God. Come on, come on, everybody. Before we leave this place, let's all lift our 
Let's really reach out to God right now. Let's reach out to the Lord right now. I will be what you call me to be. I say yes. Oh, Lord, I agree. My desire, passionately, is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. I will be what you call me to be. I say yes, oh Lord, I agree. My desire, passionately, is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. I say yes, oh yes, I agree, I say yes, oh yes to you God, yes, I agree, I say yes. I will be what you call me to be. I say yes, oh Lord, I agree. My desire passionately is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. I will be what you call me to be. I say yes. Lord, I agree. My desire surely is to be what you call me to be. That's what I'll be. I say yes, oh yes, I agree. I say yes, oh yes to you, God, yes, I agree. I say I will be what you call me to be. I say yes, oh Lord, I agree. My desire 
children. I want every wife to lift your hands and thank God for your husband. Thank God for your, for your children right now. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you. Come on, come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Let's come against the adversary. Let's come against the devil that tries to diminish the role that God has placed in our life. Oh, hallelujah. I love you. I love you. I praise you. I worship you. Hallelujah. I lift you up, God. I lift you up, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are so blessed. And let's don't take our blessings for granted. The greatest blessings lives in our homes. Amen. It don't park in our garage, but it lives in our homes. Lord bless you to all of our guests. I know I haven't called all of your names, but I want you to know how glad that we are that you're here. Lord bless you for being in the house of the Lord. Remember church tonight. Let's come back praying, expecting, and believing the Lord for a great move of the Holy Ghost. Remember prayer before service. Go have a great time with your families today. Lord bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.